So, what happened there? What do you mean? Well, why did you get all weird when I put my finger up your ass? What the hell was that? Mr. Griffin, that's a prostate exam. Shut up! You had your finger in my ass! That's how a prostate exam is performed. Stick your finger in my... Pony ass. That's good. I am sure there are guys who have fingered you in the ass long enough that eventually you let them fuck it. And now you think you got me bent over with your finger in my ass thinking I'm gonna let you do the same. I am not like you, Dana. You will not fuck me in the ass. But you know how when you doo-doo and stuff... And the doodle comes out, and kind of the doodle is like formed with other little doodles, other little pebbles of doodle and stuff. And they're all shapes. They're all shapes. Some of them, you know, shaped like little wedges, some little balls, um, some of them, you know, octagon like. Different shapes and sizes making up this one big turd. <laughs> My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I thank my Matt Ralston. Matt, I have to start this week's show off, as you know very well, with an apology. I'm sorry that I fucked up. Through 160 shows, I finally fucked up badly with the audio recording device. I'm sorry that I fucked up. As Matt went to go take his dump at his appointed rounds, I decided to start fucking with the new audio software. And apparently when it said, are you sure, are you sure, are you sure you wish to delete what you've recorded so far? And I said, yes, 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 click, 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 red emergency light, click, 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 don't bother me. That meant something. I'm sorry that I fucked up. What was lost for the annals of history, unfortunately, were the first few segments of the show. I made fun of Matt for putting a X on his gender non-binary new driver's license for the state of California. Matt decided it was a socially progressive cause of his, and I decided that it was probably more related to latent homosexuality. We mocked beta males in Hollywood who ruined Father's Day. We also made fun of Connecticut State female track stars who last year used to be male Connecticut State track stars and were busting all the records. If you got a dick in your pants when you're running female track, you do a lot better. We made fun of Matt for going to the WNBA game. Mr. Ralston confirmed that female basketball players can't get off the ground, run slowly, and knock each other over like bowling pins. Although Matt did walk away with a nice chunk of cash from betting on the under. I'm not sure it can ever be replaced. However, Matt and I carried on, had a few more beers, and concluded with the rest of the show. Herein we go. Last Man on Earth, number 160. Matt, we uh, talked about an article with... Uh, it showed off the fact there was a mother and daughter pilot team, and it, you were unclear whether or not it was staged or not. <laughs> I couldn't really tell. Uh, po- quite possibly it was staged. Um, and it showed how like p- passengers were shocked to see, shocked but excited you know, in a happy way to see that their airline crew was a mother and daughter pilot combination. And I think you and I both agreed uh, simultaneously that would scare the shit out of us, and we'd get off, we would get off the plane, we would get off the plane immediately. Yeah. Is that about right? Yeah. Why is that? Why is that a thing? No, I mean, why was it shocking? Well, I, they I were like they compared were, it to like a, a an Islamic pilot. Well, I think that I think that in the end, uh, you and I agreed that like we don't trust women drivers. Uh, right. So maybe having one would be okay in the cockpit, but having two, you'd have to have a male there if anything went wrong to take take over take over from the female. <laughs> like teaching your daughter how to drive, you'd have to have some guy to say like, okay, uh, look, things aren't going well. Let me just uh, take take the take the wheel. Uh, but I think we came, went through the list of who would be uh, less offen- less scary for us to see in the pilot seat, and we talked about the Muslim. Is who was- part of it, it? Sorry, is part of it that we're concerned that. Maybe they got handed that job, like you know they should be piloting like a puddle jumper, but like because it's a huge corporation, you know you're on American Airlines, like they were kind of like uh, eh, shoved in there, you know, like maybe if they weren't women, they wouldn't be having that kind of job. I think that uh, I'm guessing the standards. I don't know what the standards are for commercial pilot. I mean, to fly for like American or Delta or United. I assume they're pretty high. Uh, I know. I think you have to be at the in the top quarter of your class, or something like, and a lot of them come out. A lot of them seem to come out of the have come out of the Air, Air Force or military, right? And they become pilots, commercial pilots afterwards. Mm. So they've gone through military training. I don't know if the female numbers are the same as the male numbers when it comes to former military pilots. Um, but I still get nervous when the lady pilot voice comes on, 
And she says, we'll be wherever we're going to be like in an hour. And then I kind of look and go, oh, there's a guy in there, there's a guy in there too. And then I'm like, oh, now it's a mom and daughter like flying the plane. I'm like, oh, what? Like, I don't know. Like, are they going to argue? And then they start, the plane starts going down. Are they something going to like can't decide in which way we should go or they're lost? And then all of a sudden we start taking, we start banking hard right and then banking I mean, hard this, left. This does ring a little bit sexist, but it's also oh, a lot. I would a lot sexist, <laughs> but that's but this is a matter of life and death. Yeah, I mean, look. You know, you can say things that everyone's thinking. If you see a pilot and he's wearing a turban, yes, you, you're gonna have thoughts about that. Getting there. Well, I, you, uh, didn't you walk off a plane with a guy with, next to you with a turban on? Was that you? Uh, no, I wouldn't have done that. Oh, really? Not the, the turban is. I don't think that the the Sharia they they don't wear the turbans, right? Those uh, uh those killer Muslims don't wear the turbans, right? Those are like the Indian guys, right? Um, different. Those are the different, like uh, the, the Sunni. Uh, they were they wear turbans. Yeah, the guys from Saudi Arabia, they like wear, headdress, some kind of headdress. They wear turbans. Yeah, I thought turbans was those, uh, like the wraparound thing, the wraparound towels. I'm always confused about the Sunni and Shia thing. Yeah, because I can never figure out which is the more progressive one because they both seem really hardcore and insane. But there's that there's the Indian sect, the sect from India, the Sikhs, the Sikhs, and they always get labeled as Muslims. Remember? Yeah, and everyone thinks they're terrorists, but they're actually not. But they wear the turbans on their on the turbans on their heads. Well, those guys are cool, but yeah. I I can discern a Sikh. By the way, Muslims are cool too. But I can tell a Sikh from a, a Muslim. It's not. It's not difficult. No, they're 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 different. Usually different skin color for one. Um, but if you saw, so if you saw a pilot and he was doing his like had the Quran and the blanket out ahead of time, you would be a little nervous. I would. Yeah, I would too. I remember the Egyptian airline guy who plowed the plane into the ground. There was that guy. And they found the black box, and everyone was like, "Well, you know, maybe it was an issue with the uh, <laughs> with the rotor." No, no, he was just screaming, Allah, "Death to America!" Allahu Akbar, <laughs> "Death to America!" And shit like that. I'm gonna kill everybody. Yeah. Well, I think it was based off a of personal like divorce or something he had going on, but still, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, the female thing is like kind of scary. And I think you and I agreed that we'd rather have we want a male, like an older guy with a mustache. And even though he has a child molester mustache and may indeed uh, be like a Jerry Sandusky disciple who's raping boys in the shower in his off time, that that's okay, right? Because yeah, this is this is one of your best takes. Yeah, um, and it's it's really the only instance, and it, one of the only times I've ever said I would prefer a child molester yes, for right? this for this job. Yes, like if you knew the pilot was a was a very stable, a uh, uh, big brother a volunteer, big brothers and big brothers of America volunteer. Or uh, a library re- reader to kids in libraries, or literally coach, uh, but he also molested kids. I mean, like, yeah, but he's a good pilot. Yeah, and like, it's not like he's going to molest kids in the cockpit. Yeah, I wouldn't let my son go up into the cockpit to get the wings. No, I mean, the, there's two kinds of child molesters. You know, there's the hillbilly, you know, trailer dwelling. Right. Uh, you know, I molest kids in the matter trailer of park. Con- matter of convenience. And then there's the meticulous yes. child molester that has thousands of victims. A priest often. Yeah. Um, very organized. Yeah. Attention in, to detail. Man in uniform. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> successful. Neat, clean. Accomplishing his uh-huh. goal. Yeah. Hence the thousands of victims. Yeah. That's the guy I want in charge of all those buttons. Yes, for sure. I mean, that's okay. I'd be like, if they, if I knew that my pilot was on the, on the, that was a blue dot on the Megan's Law thing, I'd be more comfortable. So it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. But if I knew he was belonged to the local mosque, and and, and uh, there was something going on. I'd be I'd be nervous. I'd be really or just if it was a mother daughter who were gabbing gabbing in the cockpit or arguing over like who could be invited to the wedding. I'd be I'd be very I'd be very nervous about the whole thing. So you'd be a little nervous if you found out your pilot was like on the PTA board. In, yes, in her spare time. Yes, and I, I'm okay. Like I said, I'm okay with the co-ed pilots. I just I need a, I need a guy in there to know that like when the shit hits the fan or the the bird hits the the, the engine and it goes out. And that we have Sully, Sully Sullenberger. I want Sully Sullenberger in there with the mustache, a little gray, a little tinge of gray, uh, looking like the the perfect uh, uh, dad, uh, older older dad or whatever. I want that guy in the cockpit taking over. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. Uh, the mother daughter thing, they look happy, they look great. It's a wonderful story, but let them let them do a, like you said, a puddle jumper uh, tourist uh, thing like off of Cozumel or something. Yeah, I feel like child molesters too, because of um, their need for massive quantities of child pornography, also really good with like computers. 
Oh yeah, you know, yeah, um, very skilled with with uh, I don't know managing data, running multiple uh, hard drives, <laughs> external hard drives. Yeah, multitasking. Yes. You know, yeah. I mean, the one thing you never, one thing you never know is they always appear to be perfectly uh, groomed and perfectly quaffed, and they have like a cover story. They're like you said, they're very meticulous people. So they got they got shit down, and they're also, by the way, I assume they're always prepared for like the worst, like they have some sort of like preparations for like if things go south, because at any given time there might be a, like a raid of <laughs> some kind. Yeah. So they probably have like you know they probably have the instinct of like a, a survive survi- some kind of survival instinct. Uh, no, I think that I think that that's why I want the guy with the mu- the bushy mustache, uh, the very nice uh, the very nice pressed pressed clo- overly pressed clothing. Uh, uh, and if he starts giving wings to the kids, then we get nervous. But that's okay. They don't really do that anymore because they lock the fucking the cockpit's like a fortress now. They lock the damn thing. It's like a wall with five locks on it made of metal. Yeah, you they don't can't. come out. They don't come. I've never seen a pilot come out like in years. Me either. I don't think they're allowed to anymore. They have the the piss balls or something in the in the cockpit and stuff. I think they lock it for the flight. It's probably like just a drone at this point. <laughs> they just pump in the guy's voice. I will take a drone as long as it's not two women going, oh, I'm Susie and I'm I'm Maria. I'm like, this is my daughter. And I, I'm, I'm cheered apparently and went crazy. Like, oh my God, a mother daughter pilot. I've been like, I'm t- I'll take the I'll take the next flight. <laughs> Matt, this a woman who claims Trump raped him, and I, I'm gonna w- w- let's both say that we don't like Trump. I think we both agree he's kind of a pig. Uh, he's probably very uh, we know he grabs pussy. He's probably very handsy with the ladies. I think Pro- he's like the worst display of humanity we've ever seen. He's a disgusting guy. But is he a ra- is he a rapist? Is the question. Because uh, I know a lot of disgusting guys, and I don't think most of them are rapists. And I probably know a lot of guys who aren't disgusting, maybe who are rapists. I don't know. But uh, Trump's been assault- hit with like sort of. I feel like at this point, every woman who has a claim against Trump has come out against Trump. Like he just appeared on the scene, and women go like, "Wait a minute, I remember he raped me." Like at least like through the 2016 presidential cycle, Gloria Allred was pulling out all these ladies who I remember them walking across the stage. I don't know what happened to them all. Either they were shot and buried, or their cases <laughs> fell apart, but they just disappeared. There are like twelve of them. Um, and then, of course, the women he paid, the women, uh, uh, all the all the Playboy models he paid to have sex with, and then the various wives, and then the stories of him coming on to women and, and basically inviting every woman who gave him a hard on back to his hotel to have sex, all sorts of stuff. But seemingly very consensual, all consensual situations, as gross as they may be, especially for his, his current <laughs> current wife who has to has to sleep with him or whatever she has to do. Um, but this woman E. Jean Carroll. By the way, I don't trust anybody with an initial for their first name. That just like seems like a very pretentious, obnoxious thing that maybe was done in the old days for some reason, but uh, makes no sense whatsoever anymore. So I don't like people, and men sure. or women, with initials for the first with a letter with an initial for the first name. I don't really like the the middle initial either, but the first name as the initial is yes. very pretentious. Yeah, just drop it. Drop it. You don't like your first name? Fine, just drop it. No one's no. going to know. Uh, you know, we're not going through your genealogy chart. So she's a writer. In the 90s, she's kind of a, like a, I don't know, she's a very New York-looking woman is the best way I can put it. I don't mean she's Jewish because I don't think she's even Jewish. She's just a very New York-looking woman. She smacks of Manhattan all over her. She was a writer, apparently, in the 90s for Elle magazine. She was like a well-known female advice columnist in Elle magazine and other New York media outlets. So she wrote advice columns for women. Uh, and I guess she was fairly big, which is how she claims Trump knew her when he ran into her at a... The upscale department store in Manhattan in a year in the 90s, she can't exactly remember. It's either 95 or 96, she knows. Because um, you know when you get raped, you're just sometimes the years, you just forget, you forget the years you were, you were sexually assaulted. Um, and then he was shot. He ran into her, this is according to her story, he recognized her right away, which I don't know how that, that's possible. Um, but he recognized her right away, and he was there to that's shop. Possible, he yeah. he was a media whore. He was a media whore, I guess that's true. Um, but the, the Trump at this time in the '90s, he's a billionaire. He's running Atlantic City. The fights. He's in Bergdorf Goodman's. She says buying a sexy sexy lingerie for a girlfriend, not his wife. I think he was married to Marla Maples at the time. And suddenly, according to her story, uh, he asked her to help him shop. And they, they gallivant through the store. They make their way to the lingerie department where he picks out. Some obviously something that would be utterly disgusting. Uh, she seems to agree to try it on for him. She's a fifty-one-year-old woman at this point, by the way. That's where the story 
is very weird. <laughs> yes, like, oh, like, why don't you try it on? Show me how it is. So, like, in the very least, she seems to be flattering him and or interested in him in some way. Um, and he seems to be, for some reason, although he's boning lots of young models with all his money, seems to be overly interested in the sort of a frumpy 51-year-old woman that he's going to have try, try a lingerie for some reason. Like, it just strikes me as like a sort of like a like sort of dumpy principal school principal like on a holiday who might run into a lady he's gonna have sex with. It doesn't sound like Trump he at all. He might have just got horny at that moment. Yeah, it happens. But I don't think he's the type of guy that uh, will just fuck anything. He, no. he he seems to have a type, and he seems to stick to that. He likes the young bimbos, right? So, yeah. but she claims she was in the dressing room. He forces the way in and literally starts physically rape, starts to physically assault her and rape, hold her back, pull his pants down, and try to have sex with her uh, in the in the dressing in the dressing room. Which again doesn't really sound Trumpy. I don't know. He just seems like such a. It doesn't seem like I don't know why. I mean, for all his grossness, that doesn't seem like Trump uh, to be like violent to be like you know a violent uh, guy. He seems like a guy well, who would say like, "Here's my, here's the cash. Take it or take it or leave it. I'm a busy." He man. is the grab him by the pussy guy, which that that's is a boast. That's a boasty kind of thing, sexual though. assault. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say I don't I don't know. I think he was kind of speaking in hyperbole, but I I mean, look, it's Trump. It wouldn't surprise me. Sure. Um, so here's where here's where I'm conflicted. Uh, she is a feminist writer who kind of benefits professionally from having this kind of material available to her, correct? Absolutely. She has a, a book coming out about uh, the case. Why, I think it's called The Case Why We Don't Need Men. <laughs> okay, so right there. <laughs> she's... Right there, I'm like, okay, so you ha- you may have an agenda, but is she angry at men and she's writing a book bashing men because... Uh, she was assaulted by Trump, or perhaps you know she had a pattern of abuse directed towards her, or is she uh, opportunistic here and uh, essentially embellishing or completely making up a story um, because she wants to sell copies, or both, or both? I mean, so like those, you know, we talk about this with like all these blog- activist bloggers who always seem to be asked to get off airplanes or denied rights, stuff like that. And they always somehow have turned out to be. Their their career is like is activist blogger, yeah. And somehow they're always the victims of like some sort of racial or discrimination attack on airplanes. And there's always this has a tinge of Jesse Smollett. Yes. Like when when I hear the, and you just told me like I haven't read her. Like the account, details are too much. I'm like why why would you be trying on lingerie <laughs> for a, gross, for a, a guy gross, a gross dude. that not not obviously that that would invite him to. Sexually assault you, but um, that you just that you just met, and but you're not interested in him, right? It doesn't really, and you're not like some ingenue. You're 51. You're you're 51 years. You're 51 years old. Like it's not like you're a 17 year old in the big city and you don't know what's going on. You're you're 51 and you're a media writer in in Manhattan. I mean, you're fairly you're fairly sophisticated. You're fairly sophisticated person. Um, And but here's the thing: is she this? Well, we don't know who Trump's. uh, debutante was, but I would argue that I bet you they weren't the same size. No, probably not. So how is it going to serve anything to be trying And she on? did this article, her book's coming out, she did this article about like a list, the article is called like lists of men that are horrible or some shit like that. It was done in a New, York mag- New Yorker magazine in advance of her book through her publicist. The whole thing seems bullshit. Obviously Trump is a pig, so he could have done it. Who knows? But the bigger question really isn't, isn't this shit like completely out of bounds. I mean, you can't... There's no way he can defend himself. There's no witnesses, by the way. She said there are no witnesses to what happened. So you can't defend yourself. It would never went to the police, obviously. It was never adjudicated in a court. There's not even any three, two other reliable people to come out and say, yes, we were there and we saw it. He was a jerk and tried to, you know... It's like the Kavanaugh thing, kind of. Uh, uh, like, isn't this un- completely out of bounds and unfair for someone to say, 25 years ago, nobody saw it, but hey, this guy's a rapist. Even if it's I Trump. I don't know. I think we can just judge the person like kind of like how we're doing. Um, what if, it, you know, I, I don't know if it happened or not. It's a total coin flip. Yep. I, I'd always side with the woman, I suppose, unless she's writing books. Unless she has, about a, book. Unless she has why, a book coming out. Called Why Men Suck. Yeah. Um, but if it really happened, you know, 
I would think it would be uh, cathartic, and you would want to expose the guy in whatever way you could. But why, like, why not? To so there's a there's a tweet she put two years ago out where she said like it was a picture of Trump looking fat and stupid or whatever, and she said, "When is someone going to come forward and stop this guy? You know, stop this guy? You know." And this was two years ago. I'm like, "What?" So she's like looking. She put a hit. She put a hit out. Put a hit out on him and. Uh, and then also, by the way, 2016, of course, would have been the time to introduce the idea that the guy who raped you was about to become president. Yeah. Not like another two and three years later. That seems a little late, if not 25 years too late. That seems to be the time. And there were dozens of other women who or, were coming forward allegations. Or would the time be when there's so much coverage about the next election coming up already, which is ridiculous, but... Uh, you know, there's sort of a slow news. I don't know. Would would now be the time? But we, here's if, I, if I, you wanted. I agree. If you want it, attention, of course. Whether or not, but if you were raped, you would want attention to be drawn to the fact that that you are accusing someone of raping you. Yeah, and also that you don't want this guy to be president necessarily, let alone be a TV star and all the other things that happened in the last since the '90s when this occurred. But it seems kind of calculated. It seems very calculated. <laughs> But even again, even if it's calculated and it also happened, there's got to be some. There's a reason why we have statute of limitations criminally because you know this is too long. You can't prosecute someone from crimes that happened that long ago because people don't remember. Stories change. Nobody really knows. People aren't around. That all applies to like outside the court system as well. Just like the sort of polite society, which is like you can't just call someone 25 years later a rapist, especially if you have no corroborate or no corroborated evidence. Let's say it's not Trump. Let's say it's you, Matt. And some chick says, like, oh, in high school, Matt raped me. There was no one was there. And uh, there's no way, uh, you know, I have no way to corroborate this, but he's a rapist. And, you know, he's and I'm writing an article about the paper. <laughs> like, you have no, there's literally no recourse for you. I mean, you could sue somebody, but there's literally no recourse for you to stop that allegation from happening now. And it tars you. I mean, it just tars, I mean, no one gives a shit about Trump, but it tars you. I mean, there have been people who have been falsely accused or these stories that come out. All these years later, and you know, in the, in the time when all, some of these stories are actually true, like Harvey Weinstein, uh, it just seems like you should have to shut up after a certain number of years. Like you have a certain number of years, <laughs> and then you after legally, you just have to. Sh- there's like a, an, an automatic NDA after ten years, <laughs> where you just can't bring up things that are over ten years old in public without like filing a police report. Without filing a police report. I I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, so what if? And I'm kind of spacing on how many women have accused Trump of raping him, but it's, I don't know, what? A lot. A lot. Yeah. I don't know. If, not, not full rape, usually, but some kind of weird, some sexual assault or something. Say she got the ball kind of rolling on this. Um, say she was one of the first ones. And then, you know, now um, 30, 40 other women come out with similar stories, but they're not into politics. They're not activists. They're doctors and lawyers. And they say, yeah, actually, the same thing happened to me 25 years ago. I think that would be worthwhile to hear. Yeah, I think so, too. But I think we went through that cycle already. That was the Gloria Allred cycle when she actively said, put out like ads like, has Trump ever touched you unwantedly? Contact my law office. I mean, literally, she was out there soliciting women who she believed existed without even knowing these women to come forward and, and share and let her represent them against Trump if they'd ever been sexually harassed or assaulted by him. Well, this woman, you know, she's a solo artist. She's not <laughs> jumping up on stage. Well, how you're, you're, and by the way, and the, the words, so for the, the article that they did in the Yorker, she, uh, they, they, the cover shot was wearing the same outfit she was wearing that she, the day she says that Trump raped her when she was going into the into the dressing room. The whole thing is like so, like you said, like Smollett esque. There's so many weird details to this. And, and the worst part is she's just just not very attractive, and I just not I'm not buying it. He was he was paying a quarter million dollars to play white playmates to fucking suck him off. The idea that he was going after some frumpy chick in the in the dressing room at a public at a public uh, department store just seems so reckless, so incredibly reckless. That unless he was on like meth or something at the time, it just doesn't seem possible. Trump is that guy like we saw in the '80s with the other lady who said that he she propositioned he propositioned her the minute her boyfriend left to go get hot cocoa mm-hmm. at Central Park. He basically said, look, I'm rich. I own the plaza. Your boyfriend's a loser. Come back to the plaza with me and, you know, and have an afternoon with the real guy. You know, that's Trump, right? Oh, yeah. And then she goes, no, I don't think so. He's like, ah, fuck it all. How about your friend over here? <laughs> you know, like, like, he's just not the guy who puts in the hard work.
Matt, I want to ask you about O.J. Simpson. He's on Twitter, and I think it's the best thing ever. Uh, he, he did kill uh, a, a couple people, beheaded them, basically. Yes. Um, but we got this email from Gabe. Isn't O.J. Simpson on Twitter a good thing overall to remind people what a murderous jackass he is versus people forgetting what a murderous jackass he is? Isn't it great that like ex-murderers will be on Twitter so we can remember how fucking horrible, <laughs> how horrible, how horrible they are? <laughs> um, I mean, he was found innocent. Like, are people trying to kick him off Twitter? No, they're just saying how disgusting is it? Like an ex-murderer, it's like on Twitter, like acting. They're, they're like reading what he said. Like he said, he has a lot of getting even to do, and they're like, oh no, I'm just gonna go kill people again, you know. But he's like doing this like humble. Humble OJ thing on Twitter, like, like cute mom stories and stuff like that. Like, and I was like, "This is a murderer. This guy a murderer." Like, it's he's an interesting kind of portrait of a psychopath. You that's know? what I think. It's a, it's a nice look uh, in through the looking glass or whatever that term is. Because um, I don't know what murderers kind of do on a day to day basis <laughs> after they've murdered and got a- off and then went to jail again and uh, for the first time. Uh, so. I'm kind of fascinated by that. I think people are pissed, understandably, because he wants attention. And, he's, and he's got 800,000 followers now. And so. he's known for being a murderer. Yes. And he's he's really rubbing it in the face. I, I feel bad for the families uh, of the people that he killed. I mean, that's just got to, frankly, drive you insane that he's... He's relishing the the murder attention. I mean, this is yes. what Charles Manson would do if he were out. You would totally follow Charles Manson on Twitter, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry to say. You'd be DMing. You'd be DMing. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Um, and, you know, it's, look, it's an open platform. You don't have to follow him. Right. People are curious about murder. Every, every fucking TV show, every other show is about murder. Like, I <laughs> I listen to a podcast that's just about true stories of people murdering Murder. other you people. Love, you love it. It's those interesting. Stories are, those stories are they're huge numbers. And the only reason that people are interested in it, other than the small percentage of people who actually, like, are into murder <laughs> in the literal sense, is you want to wonder what would possibly lead someone to do that. Like, I think that's the whole kernel of why people find this entertaining is is you're curious as to what what kind of makes a psychopath and uh you know if you study this kind of thing you're going to look at OJ Simpson's Twitter feed as you're you know there's going to be like academic articles in like psychiatry today written about OJ Simpson the mind, inside the mind of a murderer you get to see this stuff i mean it's a resource you know remember when he wrote the remember he wrote the book if i did it yeah, <laughs> that was that was great. Like, I'm just gonna write a book about like how it would have gone down had I done this murder, and like just like without any sort of self reflection about how that might look. Like, if I no. if I had killed these people, here's how it would have gone down. He seems to have little self awareness and is clearly a psychopath. Like, I'm sure he just calls networks and is like, I have an idea for a sitcom, yes. and they're just like, Oh, you're fucking crazy. Uh, you know he's he's into it. He's embraced it. It's fun when it's a professional wrestler and it's fiction. Um, it's is more frightening, but is it more interesting when it's real life? <laughs> there was that one. God, who was the comedian? So he came out. He wrote this like cute story about his mom, and he wrote like she was the last person to call me Orenthal. And then I, was, I forget who the comedians wrote like wrote back like you mean that's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so people can have a lot of fun. They can have a lot of fun with it too. But I think it's actually it reminds people like okay, this guy's famous. Why is he famous? Because he can't really. It's like he can't rehab himself by trying to rehab himself. He's actually doing the opposite, which is just reminding people what a narcissistic, murderous, fucking drugged up, violent a hole he was. It just kind. I think it. It, it serves that purpose of reminding you about what a horrible guy he is. Whereas if he went out quietly and did charity work and some other shit like that, you might like, oh, maybe he wasn't such a bad guy. But now you're kind of reminded of what a hideous creature he is. I don't know why people need the reminder. I mean, you look at Kobe Bryant, yes. who's rehabbed himself into the black Mr. Rogers for some creepy reason, um, and it worked. But it's like, okay, so he most likely raped uh, a woman. Sodomized, Matt. Yeah, um, 
Against her uh, own wishes. I like when they add sodomized to make it worse than rape. <laughs> <laughs> but like chopping, like killing people with a knife and uh, uh, um, point blank, like cutting their heads off. Like, that's just like the most frightening, gruesome. It, I'm sorry. It's just worse than what Kobe did. It just yeah. is. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then you got Tiger Woods, who like, he was just a perv. What did he do? He just—he was just—he just cheated on his wife and had sex with a lot of prostitutes. He was just into dirty, rough yeah. sex with yeah. hostesses. Yeah, and he never really tried to go back to the chipper, Mister, uh, you know, all-American boy uh, type of dude. He almost—not that he has much of a personality—but he started wearing black. He grew a goatee. He was just like, fuck it. I'm just a dirty perv. Like Hollywood Hulk. He was Hollywood Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Pretty much. He just went dark, dark tiger. He just owned it. But OJ obviously doesn't have a choice. And I don't even know, to be honest, I, like I've heard about it. I don't know what he's doing on Twitter. I know that the knife emoji thing was fake. I thought it was. I no, no, he's not, he's not that stupid, I don't think. But he will eventually do shit like that to get attention. But what is his deal? Like, what's he doing? Uh, he did. He literally wrote, the first thing he wrote was like, I'm on Twitter now. I've been in whatever. I, I lost a lot of years. I got a lot of evening up with people to do or some shit like that. Like, I think he did that intentionally so he would be quoted and people would go like, oh, he just threatened to kill. Like, well, first of all, who's he? Who's he even up with? Who's he going to kill? Like, who? Who's he have a grudge against? Like, the people who accused him of murder when he murdered when he murdered somebody. I mean, like, it's like he was wronged. He wasn't wronged in any way. I mean, I guess he made the people put him in jail for the, 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 the heist. The yeah, fake, the I fake think, heist. I think he did get a little bit. But those were like his um, buddies who actually like testified for him. During the trial, it was really a state of Nevada who wanted to get fucking get him off the streets. Well, just if anyone, plus he's seventy four years old or something. I don't know what the fuck he's going to be doing to get revenge. <laughs> to get revenge on people. Well, are there Vegas odds on if he kills <laughs> another another person? I think he hobbles pretty badly. Is his you know his eyesight isn't so great? Is he getting like a, just like a stalk someone really slowly in dark alleyways? Well, he is in like the most. Um, Easy to get a weapon state of Florida, right? I think he's in Florida now. He's on. He has some thing where he's like allowed to be in Nevada or Florida, which is weird. He's like on probation still in Nevada, but because his home is in Florida, he's allowed to be in either state. I think some weird ass. And how does he have money? Enough money to live off? Well, he kept all his. He kept his NFL pension. Oh, they couldn't attack the pension. Plus, he may. They believe that he's been secret. He was. Before the civil suit, he was hiding money away. Yeah, and then also in Florida, you can't lose your homes. You can have like multiple homes they can't they can never touch. Oh. So he has millions of dollars worth of real estate, which I assume he's reverse mortgaging uh, to get money for as well. And then he did some you know, like anything he earns, he's supposed to be it's supposed to be tapped into the thirty five million dollars he owes. But somebody was mentioning how imperfect that is, and you're able to keep a lot of the money. Not like you can't keep millions of it, but like. You can keep a good amount of it, like qualify under like you know protectable expenses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if you sue someone for like some outrageous amount of money, and they're supposed to pay you that, they still get to keep a lot of their money from year to year. Like it's a gar- more of a garnishment system that is like we take everything you get. So it sort of was never designed for this for this type of suit. But I, I think it's great that he's on Twitter. I like I would love Manson on Twitter. All mass murderer, probably not rapist, maybe. But like all murderers, like not sex, I think the sex yeah. criminals necessarily. But like really fucked up serial killers is like, uh, um, there was an FBI show they did on Netflix last year with the first criminal profiles in the 70s with the, the first, when they started interviewing the serial killers in prison. Mm-hmm. And the shit they learned, like they just assumed these guys were just violent fuckers. But that's when they started learning about the fucking latent homosexuality, the mother issues, all the narcissism, all this stuff about serial killers, what they really were. Mm-hmm. Well, so they weren't just fucking dudes who like were violent dudes, but they had this fucked up sexual psycho history. That's how they learned all that stuff by just interviewing them in prison, buying the peanut butter sandwiches, and letting them talk. Yeah, and that's how they started putting this profile together of you know what would be future serial killers, and they all had this fucking like latent homosexuality, m- mothers who fucking berated them, and like killing cat killing animals at early ages and sh- all sorts of rage <laughs> issues. So, I think you learn shit. I think it's how you learn shit from OJ. Yeah, I mean, you can read like some 18th century account of what Vlad the Impaler was doing. <laughs> yes. But like imagine if you could 
just have his video diary. Yeah. And be like, I want, why are you trying to impale all of these people? And then you see his mom putting him in dresses like when he's four years old. Yeah. <laughs> or his stepdad sexually molested, sexually molesting him. It's information that we can try and use to correct this this behavior for for future generations. I always love that scene in uh, the beginning of the original uh, Halloween with John Carpenter when the boys and the Michael's in the mask and he sees his sister having sex. Yeah. And then he kills he kills them like with a knife. <laughs> like that to me was like I, that was the late seventies. That was like out of that whole serial killer thing, which is like when they started realizing these serial killers were like started as little kids. Like they were fucked up as little kids. Yeah. The whole thing came out of that. So I, I I'm down with OG on Twitter. The closest we got to this <laughs> was um have you ever seen it was one of the first like prison documentaries and they followed this guy he was a serial killer. I can't remember his name, but he uh, he started growing tits. Oh, and at the time it was like very shocking because uh, you know he was just casually talking about how he liked to kill people, kind of confessing, right? But then he he just had tits, <laughs> and at the time it was a uh, you know it was it was very uh, creepy, uh, notable because he was just walking around smoking cigarettes. Anyway. This is like better than that. This is better access. Oh yes, yes. This is like Buffalo Bob making the skin suit to become a lady. Yeah. All right, Matt. I want to end today on the uh, two blockbusters you haven't seen, which are summer blockbusters: X Men, Dark Phoenix, and Men in Black '87 or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, by the way, the first Men in Black is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, not because it was such an amazing movie. But because it was 89 minutes long, and it always reminds me that you can make a good movie in an hour and a half. This is like 20 years ago now or 24 years ago. But they actually used to make really good movies, summer movies, that were an hour and a half long. And now they're all fucking three hours long. You're clearly bitter about having to take your kids to movies. Uh, Well, not only that, but how fucking sitting for two hours and 50 minutes in the Avengers. Like, why is the Avengers like a three-hour experience? (laughs) Like, it's not fucking Lawrence of Arabia. It's not an epic telling of a long historical tale. It's a comic book movie that they've turned into a three-hour... It- oh, I was going to say, Men in Black didn't take itself seriously. Like There was no scene where uh, Will Smith was reflecting about no. uh, his, no. you know, uh, how was, uh, his childhood or anything. It no. Was, it was just like, we're just going to have a bunch of goofy shit happen. We're going to have a goofy, fun movie that can be done wrapped in an hour and a half because it doesn't need to be complicated. There was no messaging about race. No, there was nothing. It was cool. It was funny. There was splats. There was big guns and bugs and then it's over. Yeah. And it was 90 minutes long and I thought, God, that's fucking perfect because you could make a great and it was hugely financially successful and everyone liked it, got good reviews and stuff and it's a good movie. An hour and a half long. And now the same movies are two and a half hours. Two, they add an extra hour and the extra hour that's added in all these movies is not good. It never adds to the movie. <laughs> There's never a movie you go like, God, ah, that was really, that could have been longer. It really could have been longer. Um, that's crazy. But so Men in Black 4, I guess, came out. And Dark Phoenix at the same time, X-Men. And they were both ballyhooed as like a female-led film. So Men in Black, they put the chick against Thor. What's his face? Uh, they were going to have a female Men in Black. It was a woman in black. This was a big to-do. And then Dark Phoenix is the chick from Game of Thrones, the redhead from Game of Thrones character, was going to be the lead. And all the other female characters were going to deal with her in the movie. And Halle Berry was a real female-focused comic book movie, just like with Captain Marvel 4 and stuff like that. Both movies came out. Both surprisingly got horrible reviews from critics because even though they were female-led films, they felt open enough. So they must have been really shitty. Must have been really shitty. And nobody saw them, and they're both tanking horribly. Uh, These are two big summer blockbusters. And it got me to thinking... That maybe just having a female lead or a gender bending film like with Ghostbusters a couple years ago alone is not the essence of how to make a good how to make a good movie. Maybe you need more than just saying we're going to have a female empowering female led movie. That maybe is just not enough to make a good, to make a good movie. Yeah, like you think audiences are starting to catch on. Yes, <laughs> and, and even critics now I think feel like maybe two years ago Wonder Woman was actually a pretty good movie, but. Captain Marvel was pretty shitty, but I think they're starting to catch on with like, I don't have to say I like the movie, especially if it's a franchise, huge, you know, uh, comic book movie, just because they put women in, in the front, front and center to make it to mask it, how bad it is. It, it appeared very ill-conceived to me because I saw the trailers a thousand times uh, during the uh, playoffs, but... <clears throat> during the manly playoffs, yes. <laughs> 
So I'm like, okay, it's Chris Hem, and I, I really wasn't paying attention because it's, but I was forced to watch the commercials. So you know, you're talking, but I'm looking at this trailer for the 80th time out of the corner of my eye, and finally I, I'm like, is that a boy or a girl? <laughs> I don't know, and sh- she is like four feet tall. It, it looks like she's a, like a Nickelodeon <laughs> personality, was. but she's playing an agent with this. Um, you know, masculine dude, I, and I like, and I forgot about it. But I was like, that looks really fucking stupid. It does look and stupid. I feel like a lot of other people had that same reaction. And also, not only did it look stupid, it turned out to be a stupid movie. It turned out to just be a really poor movie. But they like, were they even close to the same age? Like it, <laughs> I don't really know. that per that actress. Well, uh, the problem is, so she played. She was in Thor. The Thor movie. She does movie. not look like a believable uh, special agent. agent. Now. I mean, you can have a smaller... I mean, first of all, Thor, Hemsworth is big, right? He's unusually large for an actor in Hollywood because most big action stars are like 5'8". Yeah. So, you know, if you're six feet tall, you're going to dwarf everybody in the movies. So, you know, if you're Stallone or Tom Cruise sitting at 5'8", five, five you know, that's what they want as, like, their action stars. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's probably 5'2", you know. And, well, directorially, there's ways to get around that. Yes. It, it just looked stupid and not, not in a funny way. It just... But it's also like, it isn't it like, like... Whoever made this doesn't know what they're doing. I feel like there's a green light decision that was made. Obviously, they have to make an X-Men. They have to make a new Men in Black, so they have to churn these fucking franchises to make money and to get another movie out. But I feel like the, the, the decision-making is like, what's going to be different this time? How are we going to sell this one? Let's put a woman like in the front and center of this. Let's make this female led, and they all go like, "All right, it's a go." Yeah. Like, like it's a go. Like, brilliant. Yeah, without like uh, look at the script or the story, or do we are we ready to go yet? Or like, is, is this like enough that we have a female lead? Obviously, women can be are talented actresses. It's not like there aren't female talented actresses, and the actresses in the movies are talented themselves, but they give them shitty movies because. And the only reason they seem to be going forward is because they're female. And I think if they had like. If like Will Smith and, and, and what's his face were once again in this movie, Men in Black, they would have gone like, no, we need another six months on the script or another year on the script or whatever. We're pushing it back. We're not doing it. Right. It's not ready. Uh, this sucks. Or somebody, Tommy Lee Jones would have like, fuck no, this sucks. Like, I'm not doing this. But they just pushed head because there's like the female thing and they have the posters out. And it's the summer of female and the summer of women. And with Dark Phoenix with X-Men, uh, with the chick from Game of Thrones and the other, gr- and the other girls are like, all the Hollywood front pages of all this stuff, like women dominating Marvel, mo- you know, the comic book movies, and all this stuff. It's a new era. I'm like, that's not enough. Like, that's just not, that's not enough. Yeah. If you have a shitty movie, and I think the veil, like you said, it's off now. Like, I think even female critics or these fucking whining beta males are like, I'm just not going to shill anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to shill anymore. This movie sucked. I'm just not going to say it's empowering and that's enough. Yeah. This was a fucking, now if it's an independent film about a fucking. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they're still going to give it a great review no matter what. But if it's a fucking con- summer comic book movie, they're going to be like, no, I'm just not giving it the bump. I'm not giving it the bump anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed for myself to say this was a good movie or worthwhile seeing. Yeah, I think people are, I, I don't know. There, there's obviously it's skewed with, if you say the studios and the major critics are essentially in bed with each other, right? Yes. Um, so like a major movie like that, um, it doesn't really matter, but because remember Ocean's 8, yep. um, it got, <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, it got uh, a worse rating than the other Ocean's movies in terms of critics, um, but the site said that the critics thought it was better. <laughs> so I'm right. still confused as to how that works, but like that movie, uh, is it called Wine Country? Is yes. on Netflix now? Yes. And that has... Roughly a seventy percent approval from critics on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience is at like thirty, so it's like <laughs> way, way. And it's is that the Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler one? Yeah, it, yeah. it, it has a lot of talented people yeah. in it, but it's a bad movie, right? Um, so I don't know. Like it's getting, I think we're we're saying the same thing that it, it's getting to be pretty egregious, and even people that don't care about this shit are catching on. Yeah, I. I I don't understand. I think it's like now they're saying, okay, the next step is you have to make a good movie. Now you actually have to make a good movie. Yeah. And the best way to make a good movie uh, with the female lead is not to take a men's movie or a men's franchise and just put women in charge of it and say, oh, we've done something clever. Right. Like that's like to take Ghostbusters and say, guess what? This time they're all women. Like, whoa. I, I, can, I can just see the board meeting yes. where they're patting themselves on the back. <laughs> right. as if they 
this, they haven't done this fucking 12 times already in the last year. Like, is this, this isn't all you do. Right. And they all think they're awesome and creative right. and, and like they're doing something good for, for women. And it's, uh, and then they go celebrate and drink on Sony's fucking expense account. It really bothers me. It's not a challenge, too. And you would think that women's movies, if they were superhero movies or whatever story, would focus on the story as women as opposed to just putting women in the role of what guys used to do. It's a whole thing. It's like, why not make. Why not make a good movie for women about women? Obviously, it doesn't make as much money. But why does it have to be women in these roles that used to be for teenage male audiences that like just seeing dudes with guns? Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't, like, inherently, it doesn't make any sense. The women already get paid a shitload of money anyhow. Why not do Hunger Games? Hunger Games is a good example with Jennifer Lawrence. It's a story about a strong woman you know, stands up for the system, whatever. It's based around a female character. Mm -hmm. and, and it made billions, zillions of dollars. Why not do that instead of just taking a franchise and, and gender bending it and saying, no, now look, it's just all like empowering. We've done something great here. This is a comic book movie, but no, it's women. And by the way, they just fired. So Brian Singer can't work right now for a little while in Hollywood. So they hired, uh, so he was doing Red Sonia, which is a comic book, uh, old comic book. It was what's her name was Red Sonia in the '80s with the uh, um, Schwarzenegger, uh, Bridget Nielsen, I think was mm. was Red Sonia in the '80s, and she's like the kick-ass sword swords wielding like uh, hero, like Viking hero. But now they hired they got rid of Brian Singer and they hired the woman who does uh, trans. Uh, what's the thing on, Ameri on uh, Amazon? Transparency. Transparency to direct to direct it. I was like, oh no, like really. And she's like, we're really going to reshape. She goes, we're really going to reshape the way comic books think about think about female hero heroines or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going. <laughs> like that's all I thought. Like, oh, okay. Like Red Sonia with like some sexy actress with like Brian Singer who overcompensates by putting too much sexuality in there. For guys, I'm going. But I'm thinking like the one from Transparency, like with the butch haircut, talking about she's going to really redefine how women appear in, in these comic book stories. I'm like, nah, not going. Just, just, just not, go, just not going. Not, yeah. <laughs> just why? Why? You've just told me it's not the movie's not for me any longer. Like a movie that's perfect for me. You've just told me now you're going to take it away from being perfect for me to being something I don't give a shit about. Yeah, and they're obviously going to insert so much shit in there that doesn't belong in it. Yeah. Like you know those comic book movies um, and comic books, they always had some messaging. Pretty much any decent art has some. Of message course. behind it um but it was not overt and it was um consistent the tone of it was you know kind of a through line it, it wasn't like uh let me look into the camera and talk about rape for 30 seconds you right. know what I'm you know what i'm saying like right. it's not subtle anymore and it, meaning that it's not it's not as good it's obvious and i think the critics under i think even the critics understand that everyone over the age of 35 at least that that's just not good. If the movie's not good, it's not good. And it's not meant to be... The best movies, of course, carry a strong message without being obvious about the fact they're carrying a strong message. Right. You know? That's what even pop, great popcorn movies... Apparently, Toy Story 4 is really, really good about the message it carries in it without hammering people over the head about it. Yeah. It's about the, you know, the existentialism and the whole like, you know, value of life and whatever all this stuff is without actually like fucking stopping... And they can be really heavy-handed about it, but through character development and through story, without speeches and direct addresses and obvious plot points that are put in there just to carry a message. Yeah. All right, Matt. Yes, so we wish to pimp and promote this uh, uh, this week, this month, this month on the podcast. Uh, I don't have anything going on right now. Nothing? Well, you've had your uh, so your identity's been stolen. Yeah, now, I got, what if I got that working? What if me. someone who is awesome steals your identity? Do you allow them to keep it and just be you for a little while? <laughs> <laughs> like, what if a total player, like, is just an awesome person, steals your identity? Do you let them be you and just sort of like live up your name a little bit? I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we could swap for a while. Like a Russian oligarch takes your name and like starts banging like Irina Shake and stuff like that, and like. Matt Ralston was checking into a hotel in Odessa with some odd modeling. Like, why, why, let him use your card for a little while, man. Why not? Why not? I don't know. I'm, uh, Probably not the case. I'm just saying. No. No. Uh, identity theft is on the rise. I know from every every commercial I see on, on television. Until I it happens to you. You, you know, you never... Well, it happens according to these commercials to 10 million people a year or something like that. The one about when they start selling your home out, that's the one that scares me. Because they steal your identity and they, like, mortgage your home, get a mortgage on your home without you knowing. And then all of a sudden, like, the bank comes to your house one day and says, 
yeah, you owe like half a million dollars you didn't pay. We're taking your house. See, that, yeah, that would ruin. Here's the situation I'm in. I'm kind of busy and I have a lot of shit to do and shit like this keeps happening and it's really bringing me down because now I'm going to have to deal with this. And, uh, you know. And it's a pain. And it's like, it's not an easy. Like, these people who lose their houses, like, they're on the defensive. They have to prove that they didn't take the loan out. And the bank, it's all computerized. So the bank's like, Mr. Jones, the bank remembers it wasn't you. Right. It's all computerized. So, like, you literally have to hire an attorney and spend like 12 months and do through all this stuff to prove that you weren't the person who took the loan out, that someone did it fraudulently to get your house back. And meanwhile, they could be evicting you and all sorts of shit is going on because it's all systematically, you know, processed now. And I've I just heard sort no again. This might be people selling the product, but it seems like true horror stories where people have just fucking like run up this debt, taking your home, all your assets, and like just someone you don't know until someone knocks you, the sheriff knocks you or the tape to kick to kick you out of the house. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen to you, Matt. I I hope not. That's yeah. that seems. I feel like you'd have some kind of clue at that point before they showed up. But yeah, maybe you're old. I don't know. I don't know. My credit card shuts down my credit card if I spend more than about eleven dollars on it. <laughs> like, like, I mean, at least at least three times a week I'm at a store like pay with a credit card and they tell me my card doesn't work because they've shut it down for some reason. Yeah, they're like, we just wanted to. Uh, we saw that you bought gas in a yes. different neighborhood. Yes, I got that too. I go, hey. Why don't you call me first? Because hypothetically, let's say I was in like a bad situation and I needed the fucking gas. Yes. And then it didn't work. Yes. And that was my only car. I had that too. I got gas twice in the same day one time. because so I put a couple gallons in. There's a place that was like way overpriced. I put like a couple gallons in. And then I went to like the better price stuff one later in the day. And they charged, they shut my car down. They said because it's very unusual to have two gas charges. I'm just <laughs> picturing getting off on a shady highway stop. <laughs> yes. Trying to get gas, it doesn't work. Four cars pull up, my phone's dead. <laughs> then I get killed. Yes, I'll, I'll, we'll name a law after you. We'll name a new credit. <laughs> credit. I was in uh, one time. I was in uh, Mexico at a resort in Mexico, uh, long before they started beheading people, and they didn't. Ex- they shut my car down, and uh, I was paying for the hotel, and they shut my car down. And I talked to the Mastercard people. They're like, "Well, it's Mexico, and this seemed very suspicious." I'm like, "Well, yeah, okay, I'll grant you that." Uh, anything Mexico is suspicious, but I'm in Mexico on vacation, and they're like, "Well, we tra- we just routinely anything international like that, especially Mexico, we just cancel because we assume it's a high risk of theft." I'm like, "Do I need to call you ahead of time to let you know I'm going to Mexico?" And they go, "That would be great." <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'll call a Mastercard. Here's where I'm. Here's what I'm up to. Maybe this week. you can like, call them and answer a series of questions and let them know how fucking weird your lifestyle <laughs> yes, is. Because, like, like, for me. Uh, Buying gas in a different neighborhood is like a zero yes. in terms of the weird shit I'm going to be doing, sometimes involving the card. Yes. Um, like you might see lots of small charges at sex shops. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, just to let you guys are you, know. Are you going to be going to a strip club anytime yes. soon? I'll be in Compton. I'm going to be pulling a lot of cash out of the ATM machine, <laughs> just so you know, at, yeah. 3, at 3 a.m. near the strip, the strip club in Compton along the, the jet strip or whatever it's called. Uh, casinos. I'll be a lot of ATM. <laughs> Have you ever postmated condoms? <laughs> you know, a lot of that shit. They literally told me that if you could tell a security department things like that ahead of time, it will save your card from being uh, b- blocking the charges. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. Just talk to Facebook. They know everything. All right, this is Lex. Last Man Earth. Talk to you next week. I seen this car driving down the wrong side of the street. And just as I suspected, there up in the driver's seat sat a woman with her little finger on the steering wheel. Get out the way of that automobile. Women drivers, won't they just kill you? Women drivers, won't they just thrill you? When they get behind the wheel of that automobile. Women drivers, won't they just kill you?